Hey everybody, welcome back to another version of Flock and Gather. It's your only 18 minute podcast in the spa and wellness channel. You're gonna love it today. We can't get on an airplane right now, but we're going to Hong Kong to talk to my good friend, Jeremy McCarthy. He is the group director of spa and wellness for Mandarin Orientals across the globe. I miss having him in New York when we can have coffee together, but uh, we're, let's see, it's breakfast for him. So Jeremy, it's coffee for you, but it's cocktail time in Phoenix. How are you doing today? I, I'm good. I'm a, I'm a little jealous because it's Friday. So I wish it was cocktail time here, but I'm not quite there yet. <laughs> okay. You've been, a um, lot of people remember you from your days at Starwood when you were living in uh, New York. And I have to tell you, I've told this story, whether you remember it a, a number of times about what during the uh, I was going to say depression, but it was a recession of 2008 or nine when you came down to New York and we went up into the Amex club and had a cup of coffee and talked about a hundred dollar eye creams. When Kathy called me to tell me she was at a spa and don't get mad, but she spent a hundred bucks on an eye cream. So it's interesting that we seem to be heading. I don't want to call it a recession yet, even though it sort of feels a little bit like this, but we're heading back in there. But I have to tell you, I just finished spa tech. I finished eye spa. And every single upper middle or upscale or luxury resort I talk to, they cannot get out of their way. They are so busy. They're selling every product on the shelf. What say you about that? Well, I think at the beginning of this pandemic, we didn't really know what was going to happen. You know, we didn't know how consumers were going to react to this. And um, I remember there being um, through the Global Wellness Institute, there was a podcast with Sue Harmsworth from ESPA at the very beginning. And she was saying, you know, people aren't going to want to come back to spas. They're not going to want to have these kind of close contact experiences. We need to be very careful. And we've been surprised to see everywhere in the world, everywhere that we've come out of lockdown, everywhere that we've reopened, um, the consumer demand is there. It, it has bounced back very quickly. And so we've been busy in our spas. Um, in, in many instances, the customers are kind of knocking on the door before we're ready to reopen, you know, either because of government restrictions or we want to make sure that our safety protocols have all been in place. But the customers have been there wanting to come back. And, uh, and it, I, for me, it really validates the, the service that we offer and the, the benefit that people find in what we do. I know it's been a number of years, but when I started in the Spot Channel, it's 34 years ago now, that's why, well, this is hereditary that I don't have a lot of hair, but um, I could say for other reasons, I have less hair also. But my friends never understood why when I wasn't feeling good, I went first for a massage or a steam or something. Spa for my adult life has been my source of health and wellness. It's not that I don't go down the allopathic route with modern medicine, but I have found that going to the chiropractor, getting an acupuncture treatment, having a massage, getting a body wrap, soaking in, it seems to work extremely well for me. And I think millions of other people around the globe would say the same thing, wouldn't they? Yeah, well, you, I mean, you've known me for a long time, so you know that I've done a lot of writing and thinking about the psychology of the spa experience, and I just think 
you know, we talk a lot about the products and the treatments and the things that people do when they're in the spa. But the reality is just going somewhere that has the right kind of environment for self-healing and spa being one of the only places in modern life where we put our phones away for an hour and just spend some time in silence um, in, in an environment that's really conducive to healing and experiencing the nurturing touch of another human being. I mean, at, at, at the foundational level, I think just that is something that most of us walking around need more of. And when you go into a spa and you have one of those experiences of quiet contemplation and healing touch, it feels good. And you come out of that in a, in a better place. Do you know, I just uh, reminded a friend of mine who's well-heeled and well-traveled, who was asking me about going to a spa. There, he's going north of LA. I said, oh, if you've got the time, go up to Ojai. It's magical. Kate Morrison there is an amazing spa director. We were there for Green Spa Network in October, and I still have, I had a couple energy healing treatments there. They're, they still affect me mentally when I think about them. It's very easy for me to go. Uh, back to that place. We're going to talk uh, in a minute about what Mandarin Oriental is is uh, doing. But I have to tell you, the the psychology of being in a spotomy makes me feel good even when I'm not there. But I reminded my friend who's headed to California, I said, you know, if you go to the resort and you sit outside and you stare across the golf course at the mountains and the fire pit is on, I said, that is healing. You know, people forget that sometimes doing nothing is doing something for your soul, right? A hundred percent. I I always find when I go to a spa that I get good ideas. Um, you know, like I'll jump off of a massage table and I feel like I need to run back to the locker room and write down some notes because I figured out a solution to a problem I've been working on or I just, you know, suddenly came up with a new way of thinking about something. And the reality is, is our minds are so overloaded with technology, with content streaming in, that we never give ourselves a chance to just process everything that is coming in. So taking that time, whether it's sitting and looking at a lake or being out in nature and just being still for a moment or lying on a massage table for an hour, it just allows the brain to settle and to work better. And you, you come out of that being more effective in, in whatever you're doing. That is an extremely key point. You come out of it being more effective in a lot of ways. Sometimes that effectiveness just transfers to better body healing. Other times it turns into mental well-being. Like you said, you run for your pet. I'm glad you didn't say you run for your phone because I can't wait to get away from cell phones. It's, an, it's a good part of the way we all operate our businesses. But can I tell you, there's nothing better for me than hitting the do not disturb when I'm done working and not listening to the damn phone trill at me. And I, we, we're still old fashioned. Kathy likes having a house line. So we still have a house line here, but I'm, I'm done with the cell phone when I'm done with the cell phone. Hey, let's well, talk. We, we, we've, gotten, we've gotten to a point where, uh, I mean, technology was really the hero of the pandemic because we were all on lockdown. We couldn't work, we couldn't travel, we couldn't connect with people. And, and, you know, and here's technology, which has given us a, this amazing way that we can work from home, connect with other people, get things done, be entertained, you know, have things, enjoyable things to do and experience. 
but it has, I think, taken us to a new level now where we, um, our relationship with technology has really been even more entrenched in, in our lives uh, through, through the course of the pandemic. And I think that is a problem. I mean, it, it, it helps us in a lot of ways, but from a human well-being standpoint, it gets in the way quite often. Well, and I'll tell you, um, not as much our generation, but there are so many articles that have now been published about what it did to that millennial generation who, that that is their nookie. That, that's their baby nookie. They, you don't see them ever without a phone in their hand. So I'm still glad the spa is the respite. Uh, it's the place you can go and lay down on the warm Lanconium chairs and not have your phone and forget about the day. So I love that uh, stuff. I meant to ask you, you've been eight years in Hong Kong now. Um, how is spa different in Hong Kong than if I go down the street to Yana Roth's Four Seasons here at True North? What would I feel different going to the spa in Hong Kong? Well, I think, uh, I mean, first of all, Hong Kong has a very vibrant wellness community. So it's one of the things that I love about Hong Kong. I mean, I go out into the parks in the morning and get exercise. And er everywhere you go in Hong Kong, you see people of all ages, up to 70, 80, 90 years old, out in the parks. They're playing football. They're doing Tai Chi. They're doing exercises. Um, it, it's an incredible wellness culture, I think, in, in Hong Kong. And the spas here, I mean, Ma Mandarin Oriental spas are really based off of the culture of spa coming from our first two hotels which was the Mandarin Hotel in Hong Kong and the Oriental Hotel in Bangkok. And so we, we've built our whole spa concept around this Oriental heritage. And for me, the biggest difference is the humility of service that you get in Asian culture. You know, the, um, the therapists are just really, um, really put their guests up on a pedestal and are there to serve them and make sure that they have the best experience that they possibly can. And there's just a gentle humility and kindness about the way the therapists and all of the colleagues in, in our spas in Asia are that is unrivaled in other parts of the world. And we, we try to you know, kind of bottle that and, and spread it around to all of our spas as best we can. But it really is something special here in Hong Kong. Well, I'm really glad, because as you know, at the end of July, I'm going up to Live Love Spa in Boston and we're staying at your uh, Mandarin Oriental and uh, Mr. Jason Palouche told me he's gonna take good care of us. So I'm really excited. Uh, to go experience what the Mandarin uh, is, especially in Boston. So one of my favorite, favorite towns on earth. We're speaking today with Jeremy McCarthy. He's the group director of spa and wellness for Mandarin Oriental. He is a longtime friend of mine, although he's living in Hong Kong these days. So we have to do this by uh, Zoom, Teams, Skype, Google Meet, and what are all the te other technology venues over the pandemic? Too many of them to name, but let's talk about for a minute, uh, you guys are doing something called intelligent movement at Mandarin Oriental. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. It, it kind of relates to what we were talking about with our relationship with technology in that we just saw that all of our guests were coming into the spa and the fitness center with similar challenges because we all spent too much time sitting in chairs. 
too much time looking down at screens, too much time with our hands on keyboards. So everybody who comes into our spas has, you know, internally rotated shoulders, forward head posture, tight hamstring, tight lower back, you know, hip flexors tight. Um, you know, it's that we all have the same challenges because it's endemic to our modern lifestyle. So we worked with actually some uh, elite sports performance physiotherapist here in Hong Kong called Joint Dynamics. And we had them help us to create training for our therapists around how we could deliver better treatments in our spa and better movement programs in our fitness centers to help address the posture and mobility issues that about 90% of our guests are facing uh, because of our modern relationship with technology. Um, I'm one who lives my friend's lap. I live on my iPhone with Siri. So I'm not, I don't peck with my thumbs and fingers. I use Siri and I use earbuds. I refuse to stand here with my arm crimped against my, my side and my phone uh, digitaled into my ear. I dialed into my ear. I just won't do it. So I love uh, that you guys are going with I am. It fits very much with AI these days uh, because artificial intelligence has become a big uh, part of our industry. I talk a lot um, with Paul Nunez. He's at Marriott and he sits on their technology committee. And we talk a lot about the blending effect. I wrote in my notes while you were describing that technology and touch. So frankly, our industry uses probably the oldest form of healing on earth and the most current adaptive form of healing, if we can call technology that, but we can we can stretch it a little bit and put the two together. Are, is intelligent movement going to become treatment protocols on your menu, or are you adding those as add-ons onto other treatments like massage and body wraps, et cetera? No, there's a, there's a series of new treatments that we're offering um, called intelligent movement, and so it it you know it basically is a is a great massage treatment that directly targets those those areas of tightness and mobility that almost everyone is facing nowadays. And we also do have some add-on elements. So we've also partnered with Hyperice. I'm sure you're familiar with them, who have the Hypervolt. They have you know kind of. I, I think it's the best line of these sports performance mobility um, pro products that are on the market. And so guests can add a little bit of that hypervolt treatment into their treatment, which is actually a great way to prepare the body for a massage because the hypervolt really loosens up all the joints and the muscles. And then when the therapist goes in and does the massage, it gets even deeper and it's even better. You know, um... I don't Alan, know where. Where are you going, buddy? I'm coming back. I was looking. I was going to show you something, but here I am. I Oh, it's on the floor right there. So I keep a chirp wheel in my office. For those of you who can't see it, it's a 12-inch round, open in the middle, fiberglass wheel with a rubber pad on the outside. And because I spend my day at the computer, I tend to get off the computer and stretch my uh, back in a reverse curve and it feels amazing. So I know that you guys are tracking. I've seen how popular places like Stretch Lab are uh, around the country too, where everything is about loosening uh, the body back up. We do nothing but get tight sitting at our computers. 
I know you yeah. can't tell right now because I'm sitting, but I'm actually Jim Chenevay at Living Earthcrafts built for me a stand-up hydraulic desk. So I actually stand up most of the day because I can't stand sitting. It's hard on the back and everything else. I, I'm oh. on a standing desk right now, and we we moved our offices a few years ago, and every single employee in our corporate headquarters now has those adjustable stand-up desks. And, and basically, you, that's what intelligent movement is all about, is that you have to find ways to move more and move better, because we, we do need to spend a lot of time being somewhat stationary and on technology for our work. We, we know we need technology for our work, but also even our free time is, is looking more and more like our work time, because we get off of work and then we go home and we're looking at a screen and spending even more time on devices. So intelligent movement is all about how can we help people to move more and move better. I love it. Um, our listeners, you absolutely should go to mandarinoriental.com. They have spas across the globe. Pick one in your neighborhood. Go look at the treatment menu and get to the MO, as we fondly call it. In fact, I'm headed up to Vegas tomorrow for the IECSC show. I think it's almost, it's like you're 28 or 29 or 30 for um, IECSC. Promises to be a huge show. But I miss that there is a Mandarin Oriental in Las Vegas, frankly. Uh, I spend a lot, as often as I can, I would take people up to the tea room on, I can't remember, was it the 33rd floor? It was just a beautiful place to go sit quietly and relax. And you find out how poorly people sit quietly. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we missed that hotel. That was, a, that was a great Mandarin that we had in Las Vegas. But I think one of the great things that we have found over the course of the pandemic is our development pipeline has not slowed down at all. So we have more projects in development right now than we've ever had before. Lots of new developments in China, in uh, across Asia, in the Middle East in particular, we see a lot of development. And we have some new things coming in the US, uh, including Boca Raton, uh, Honolulu, Dallas. So, um, you know, lot, lots to come. Good, well, I'm excited. For all that, we have one minute left. Can you tell our listeners, as you know, I'm uh, fond of uh, reading your blog all the time. So can you address psychology of well-beings in one minute? <laughs> well, I think basically the world has come to realize that well-being is in large part mental. And, you know, when I grew up, wellness basically meant diet, exercise, and smoking. So it was kind of all about physical health. Um, nowadays, young people especially realize mental well-being is where it's at. It's about finding a way to manage stress, to maintain a good uh, emotional diversity and stay on the positive side of things psychologically. Uh, and we're all much better off. And then if we get that right, it actually makes a bigger impact on the physical health than we all think. Uh, that's a good way to end it. I love it. Uh, thank you for spending time with us today, Jeremy. It's always a pleasure. And I'm going to look forward to the next time our paths cross. How about that? Likewise. Thank you, Alan. Good to talk to you and good to see you again. You as well. And friends, remember, please be kind to one another. <laughs>